Amen. We want to thank Joanne for stepping up to play some of our old hymns while the Gooseys are on vacation this week. So we're going to continue through our, our, our series on uh, Jesus the Great Physician. And again, as, as we think about this, as we think about doctors, as we think about whatever it is that we want to think about health-wise, the Bible tells us that Jesus is this great physician and he tells us uh, plainly and clearly that he has not um, come for the healthy, but for the sick. We only go to the doctors usually when we're sick. I know the doctors, they prescribe a lot of preventive medicine that we're supposed to go to them and, and uh, be taking care of things beforehand, but we don't always do that as, as uh as people, and we don't always do that as believers either. We know that we can go to the Lord for all things, and He has those things for us. And uh, so last week we talked about uh, a broken heart. We're talking about Jesus as a cardiologist, as a, as a heart doctor, and there's many, many scriptures. A heart is mentioned over 300 times uh, throughout the Bible, or nearly 300 times throughout the Bible. And we know that the Lord has a lot to say about the heart. And we'll be putting out a a sheet of scriptures just about the heart that you can take with you because they're encouragements about what we are supposed to do and we find out that many times we have broken hearts broken hearts from from a lot of different things in our life we can have uh, broken hearts from uh, loss we can lose somebody uh, that's close to us and, and and our heart breaks we can sometimes have broken hearts over just some of the injustices that go on in the world. We can listen to the news and, and just our heart can sometimes break about uh, people that are, are going through tough times, suffering. If you've been watching the news and you look at Puerto Rico or, or Florida or Texas and uh, some of the devastation that's happened, our hearts can break. We can have broken hearts over relationships that, that have gone south that we don't always understand and a lot of times relationships are complicated and there can be um, things that hurt us and they break our heart. And one of the things with, with broken hearts is that people that have suffered hurt. So when we think of things that are broken, we can think of pain that is involved in that. Uh, we begin to build up walls in our life. And we begin to sort of insulate ourselves from others. And one of the things we talked about last week is that all of us have a heart problem. At some time or another, or uh, even as we sit here today, none of us are perfect. None of us have uh, it all together. And, and so we have things in our heart that, that don't belong there at times. There might be unforgiveness in your life. You, you may be struggling with somebody, forgiving somebody for something that they've done. You may have something that needs to be reconciled and, and uh, we maybe have, have hardened our heart. And uh, there may be something else that has gone on where somebody has hurt you deeply and, and, and so your, your heart was broken and, and now we take this next step. It doesn't matter what it is. Sometimes we have a heart problem. Pride can affect those things. Uh, Self-righteousness can affect those things. Thinking we have it all together can affect those things. Um, today we're going to talk about having a fearful heart. A fearful heart usually comes after a broken heart because once our heart has been broken, we're afraid that it might get broken again. If we've been hurt bad and if we've been hurt deeply, we don't ever want to go through that again. When we've gone through something difficult in our life, 
we really don't want to go back there. And so we can have this fearful heart. We can develop a fearful heart, which just means we become real timid about doing some of the things that God might have us to do. And I want to say that a fearful heart is one of the enemy's most popular weapons that he uses in Christians. To sort of paralyze us with fear that, that we're not going to step out and do things, that we're not going to take risks anymore. I remember my, it's a couple of my children when they were growing up, uh, they had that, that first love. You know, they, they find that one that they just think is, is just the perfect one. And, uh, you know, as, as kids are so young, you know, they think that, oh, you know, they can't imagine anything else but spending the rest of their life with this person. And then as they grow up a little bit in their immaturity, uh, they sort of grow apart. And or one breaks it off and wants to do something else, and the other is left there. And, and uh, a couple of my children went through that, and their hearts were broken. And it's like you try to tell them, you know, there's... There's a lot more opportunities. God has something better for you. Oh, no, no. And they just get so distraught in that relationship. And their heart is breaking. And we look at it and sometimes we think, well, that's just goofy. You know, we've all gone through that. And once we've gone through it, you know, we look back and say, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. But when you're in the midst of those things, no matter how foolish they may seem to us around, it's real to them. And so it's like, I'm never going to date again. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. And the pain is real. And the reality of that broken heart is real. And so they have this fear. They're, they're afraid to get involved in another relationship. I talked with a man in this prison this last week who uh, just went through some bad relational things and it, it sort of ended him up in prison. He made some terrible choices. And as we talked through some of his struggles and his things as we were counseling, one of those things came up. He doesn't have any children. He's never been married. And we talked about that, the future. What does the future hold for you? Do you see? And he was just like, you know, he says, I'm afraid to get in a relationship again because I don't want things stand up like they did before. And I said, well, one of the things, basically, is you need to get good for yourself before you can be good for anybody else. But I said, don't close the doors because God may have something greater for you. Chaplain Moore gave me a book called Giving Up Good for Great. Sometimes we look at things and we say, well, this is all that there is, and, and I'm content where I'm at, but sometimes God has something even greater for us. Don't let that fear paralyze you. Don't stand in that, that shadow of fear that, that I'm going to fail. Sometimes we've tried things in our life and, and we've fallen flat on our face and we say, well, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to try that again. And we stand in that shadow of fear. And it controls our actions and our decisions that we make. There's so much crazy things going on around us in the world today that that can too paralyze us with fear. And the fear usually again stems back from a hurt that we had in our life. As older adults, our fear can sometimes paralyze us about our children's futures. We're worried about our children and the decisions they're making. We fear for our families and what may happen. We may fear for our financial future. What does tomorrow hold? What's going to happen? Am I going to make it? As we re 
Uh, as we get close to retirement age, sometimes people look at that, am I going to have enough money to uh, survive and, and, and make a healthy living? And so some people get afraid of retiring and, and they stay continuing on. We fear for our safety and, and the list goes on and on. But here's the facts, that most of the stuff that we worry about, most of the stuff that, that holds us in fear, never comes to pass. That's, that's a fact in life. Most of the things that, that we worry about in our life never come to pass. And in my life, I go through those same things. When I was a child, I, I had fears. I still have fears today. So I'm not saying, you know, oh yeah, you get saved, walk with Jesus, you're never going to have fears. Fears are all around us. When I was a young child, I had a, a terrible fear of dogs. I mean, my pet dog was okay, but if I pulled in somebody's yard and a, and a dog was barking, I, I was paralyzed by fear. I wasn't going to get out of the car. I delivered newspapers for, for many years when we first got married, and man, if that dog was out there, I just, I'd honk the horn and I'd throw it out on the yard. I wasn't going to get out because I was sure that that dog was going to bite me. I had that as a child, and guess what? I brought that into my adult uh, ways of life. And my wife, she'd just laugh at me when that happens, because she has, like, no fear of dogs. Dogs bark, she gets out and just stares at them, and they just melt. And they, Ooh. Did you outgrow it after a while, though, didn't you? What? Did you outgrow that fear after a while? Mostly. <laughs> I'm still not real, real hip on, on dogs barking. But I still had that fear. I had a fear of heights when I was young, and it's sort of gotten worse, actually, as I've gotten older. I used to climb up trees and hunt, and now I climb up those nice light ladder stands that could probably hold four of me, and it's still I'm up there, and, you know, you get that light thing. So we carry these fears. And it's not just those types of fears, but even fears about being hurt. Fears about, here we go again. Fears uh, just about whatever it is that the world can hold. And we, again, become paralyzed by those things in our life. And so we talked last week a little bit about, you know, where can I get this thing fixed? Where can I get my heart fixed? I don't like having a broken heart. I don't like being afraid of things. But I know I need to make some changes in my life. I know that, that you are with me. And what I want to say is, is not just a cliche, but God's word has the answers for us. When we apply them and when we look at them and when we really feed upon them spiritually, they have the answers for us. There's great comfort in the scriptures. When we begin to, to read the word of God and apply it to our life and just really see what it has to say, sometimes our fears and our anxieties can begin to diminish. It's not that they're not there. We have to acknowledge that they're there, but they begin to diminish because our, our loyalty and our focus is not put on the fear anymore, but it's put on our Lord and maybe what he has to do. And it no longer wields its hold on you. It no longer has this death grip on you or this chokehold on you that paralyzes you. But you learn to walk through this fear that you have in your life. So in Ezekiel 36, 26, it tells us this. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh 
and give you a heart of flesh. God has a great plan when we allow him to do these things. I don't know if you noticed, but all four of our hymns this morning, we're singing about our hearts, or God's hearts. And the one thing that we really want is our heart to beat as one with the Lord's heart. We want to walk in his ways. We want to acknowledge him. We want to give him glory. I want to be grafted in, and I want to to, uh, be one with him. I want to draw closer and closer to him each day. I want my victories to be his victories. I want to experience him in a greater way. Isaiah tells us this. But now says the Lord who created you, he who has formed you, fear not for I have redeemed you. Look at there, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have bought you with the price. My life, and this is a prophecy that's going on about Christ Jesus, and we're looking back and we've seen this fulfilled. But he has bought us with a price. He has gone to the cross. He has paid the penalty for those who have put their trust and their faith in him. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. That means that he didn't just come for the masses, but he looks down at you and he knows you by your name. He sees your heart. He sees your individual fears and weaknesses. He sees your strengths and blessings that he has for you. He knows everything about us. As a matter of fact, it says, our heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Lord knows it. The Lord knows even in our failings and in our shortcomings, he knows our heart if our heart is after him. Remember, David was, was a, a, a man that, that did some horrendous things. That God could look at his heart and say, here is a man that is after my own heart. Even though he was struggling with things at those times, he repented of those things. And God looked down and said, I know this man, David. I know his heart. And his heart is after me. Even though sometimes his life goes astray. Sometimes we find ourselves in in an off spot. In a sinful situation. And we're convicted by those things in our life. And that's the time when we turn to God and and say, Lord, strengthen me. Here I am. Paul said, I think it was in Romans 7, Sometimes the things that I hate, I find myself doing. And Paul wasn't justifying these things. But he says, sometimes I'm there. And sometimes the things I know that I should do, I'm not always doing those things. Lord, help me. Lord, help me and strengthen me in those things because we know Paul's heart was one towards God that he wanted to walk close with the Lord. He wanted to be strengthened by him. He wanted to have that heart be going with his. I know you by name. He says, you are mine. Do you realize that when you become a Christian... It's not just that you're a part of a a church. It's not like you're a a part of a a mob. Though there's lots of people that are Christians. The Lord is saying this to us. You are mine. You are my possession. My grandma used to collect little porcelain angels, figurines. And when I got saved, I always thought about that. Her collection. She had hundreds of these little angels. 
And I thought about that when I read a scripture like this, when it says, I know you by name, you are mine, that my grandma could tell you the story of each one of those little angels through her 80 years, where she got them, who gave them to her, what, it, what significance they had. You know, was it a birthday gift, a, a Christmas gift? Was it just a gift from somebody else? Was it part of this or part of that? And I thought, that's what the Lord does with us. He knows us each by name. We each got a story. He knows that story. He knows that story better than what we know. We are his prized possession. He says, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Words like that are life to us. Knowing that our God is with us. When we fear things, he is with us in that fear. It should be soothing to our soul. It should be comforting, really, to our spirit of what the Lord has. And so I just want to bring to you today some of the choices that we want to make and some of the things that we need to think about when we walk through these things. And this is God speaking in the scripture that we just read. A is that he created you. He's a sovereign God. He has created you. We're not just some bunch of atoms and, and, and things that are just blobbed together and, and guess what, we, we happen to walk into the path of, of God and, and believe in him. No, it says that he created us. It says he knows the hairs on our head. It says he knows the number of our days. He knows everything about us. He has created you. And he hasn't just created you, but he has formed you. Meaning that he has a plan for you. Like the potter with his clay on the wheel. That potter will, will take this ball of clay and say, you know what, today I think I'm going to make a, a vase. And up comes the vase. Or I'm going to make a cup. Or I'm going to make a bowl. Or I'm going to make this or I'm going to make that. And that potter, with his power and with his ability, forms that mold of clay into what it is going to be. God has done that with us. He's not only created you, given us life, but he's formed us. And sometimes when I look at things in my life, and I, I'll think, well, why does this person have such an ability over here? And man, I wish I had that ability. And that person was probably looking at me saying, well, why did he make Craig like this? I wish I had that ability. How come some people can play musical instruments so well and sing so well? And others have troubles carrying a tune. God has formed us. He has created us. He has made us into what we are. So that's God speaking. This is God saying this to us. I formed you. I have created you. And he tells us this. Fear not. I have redeemed you. I have paid the price for you. Through my blood, you are mine. If you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. We talked about this. He has called you by name. He has called you by name. I wish I was better at names. I'm great at faces. But I'm not real good at names. And it amazes me that the people that, that know that. Pastor John, who spoke here a few weeks ago, he talked about that. How, how that's just something that he has in him. He can, 
meet people and he just, and I don't know if he just makes it a, an intention of his heart or however it is, but he can remember names of people. But he fails compared to the Lord because the Lord says he knows each of his by name. He knows all of us by name. He has called us by name. And he tells you, I am with you. So we hear God speaking, that he's created us, formed us. He says, fear not because I've bought you with a price. I've redeemed you. I know your name. I know who you are. And then he tells us, I am with you. I'm with you through the waters. I'm with you through the fire. What does that mean when he tells us that? That he is with us through the waters and the fire. Well, no matter what trials I go through, no matter what, what fears I may have in my life, it tells me that he is there. He is with me. He's going to walk with me through these things. I don't need to heap it all upon myself because I have somebody that I can find rest in and I can find peace in. The Bible talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace and fear are, are opposite ends of the spectrum. Jesus says, my peace I give you. It doesn't mean that he just removes you from the storm, but it means that he gives you peace in the midst of the storm. Remember the boat that was sailing across and the disciples were all anxious and, and they even went down and Jesus was sleeping and they said, Lord, don't you care? There's a storm going on out here. We're all going to die. Don't you care? Have you ever felt that way in your life? Oh, my world is falling apart. Lord, don't you care? We cry out to him. We plead with him. We ask him. Don't you understand? Are you hearing me, Lord? And he is there. What does it say? The Lord stood up and said, be still. Be still. And he tells us that in our life. He's with us through the waters. The waters aren't going to overtake you. How do I know that? Because God's word says it. If you put your trust in him, you're not going to be drowned. Even if you're removed from this life, you're in a much better place. But it says you're not going to be overcome by these things because I am stronger than those things in the world. I can overcome those things in the world through Christ Jesus. Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I may get a little wet, but I'm not going to be overcome. Through the fire, it says, I can go through those trials, those tribulations, those, those times when it, oh man, it's uncomfortable. But I'm not going to be consumed because my Lord, my God is with me. Fear says, I'm not going near that riverbank. Fear says, I'm staying far away from that fireworks. But God says, follow me. The Lord says, walk with me. And he takes us through those things in our life. So we have a broken heart. And it turns into a fearful heart. And God tells us through his word he has much more for us. Fear loses its power when we actively trust God. We're not going to do it ourselves. It's not going to be found in a self-help book. Those things can get you looking at things, but we actually have the victory when we put our trust actively in the Lord. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We need to have faith in the Lord. And no matter what it is that we are fearing, we need to understand that it's going to lose its power when we trust in God. To believe in the sovereignty of God, that God is orchestrating all things. If you watch the news this morning or this last week or this last month or since news came on, you can look at things and say things are out of control. Things are just going haywire and crazy. Sometimes in our life we feel that way. Man, my life is just, it's a mess and it's just unbelievable. It's just chaos all around. But when we read God's word, we see something a little bit different. We see that he is orchestrating things behind our lives. Now listen, there's consequences for your actions and the things that you do. We can't blame God for that, but even in our poor states, God is working all things to good to those who trust in him. Fear loses its power when we actively trust God. Are you trusting him with your fears, with your anxieties? Are you trusting him more than those things that are going on in your life? Are you trusting him more than your circumstances? We get stretched at times and it's, it's difficult at times and we sometimes don't believe that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel but God says, are you trusting me? Fear not for I am with you, he says. Well, when he's with him, we need to trust him. It's like a little child that's afraid of something. I had my two of my grandchildren out the other day, those last warm, warm days, and we were out doing some things in the woods, and then all of a sudden, uh, Jude was like, uh, next thing I see him, he's down in the river, in the mud, playing around, lost his shoe, in his underwear. It's like, okay, we'll see what's going to happen with this. Well, Brother Titus got down there. They were both down there, it's like, okay, that's fine, I can rinse them off. Pretty soon, we want to walk across the river. Well, the river was pretty low and pretty shallow. And I could, I could actually stand up on the bank and I could see down through there. And it's like, well, so walk out a little bit, see how it's like. And I just thought, well, they, they're not going to want to get out away from shore. They walked out there a little bit and Jude got about up over his belly button and, and Papa, come on out here. We want to walk across the river. I said, can't you do it? No, I'm afraid. So what does Papa do? Papa goes down, you know, once I had their hands, there, there was no more fear for them. It'll be a fear for me, but I'd, I was walking with them across the river. But it eased their fears. And I look at the things and I say, that's what God does with us. We get this fear and we can cry out to him and say, Lord, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I don't know what to do. He says, just take my hand. Walk with me. And we can take his hand and hold on. And we can walk with him. From Psalm 56. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? Again, most of our fears are unsubstantiated. Most of our fears would never come to pass anyways. 
We need to, to break ourselves from uh, at least this problem that I have, the worst case scenario phase. You ever have that in your life? You look at something and, and right away it's, well, let's look at the worst case scenario. How come with the Lord we don't look at the best case scenario? How come we don't see what, what God is planning to do and, and walk towards that, but we say, well, you know what? Man, things could really get bad. Things could really get rough. And we have that fear in our life. I'll make a printout of this sometime, but these are just 33 verses about anxiety and about fear. They can bring you comfort in your life when you're struggling with things and when you really don't know what to do. The Bible is so full of things and, and that, that can just help us through our situations. John 14.27 Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He said, I'll give you peace. Don't be afraid. Psalms 56.3 as we read When I am afraid I put my trust in you Psalms 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life Whom shall I be afraid? 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your cares on him because he cares for you Jesus tells us that bring your cares, your worries, your problems, dump them at me. Dump them at the foot of the cross and leave them there. So many times we bring our things to the Lord and, and we say, here Lord, here it is. I love preaching here because I look at the cross all the time. It's a constant reminder of what we're here for. And I bring those things to the cross and I say, see Lord, see all my problems? And then I turn away and I take them back with me. And I wonder why I'm not having peace in my life Isaiah 43 1 but now says the Lord fear not I have redeemed you I have called you by name you are mine take a verse like that just with you memorize that and just when you face something when you face some mess in your life some fear in your life some anxiety that's happening in your life just claim that verse fear not says Jesus for I have redeemed you I have called you by name. You are mine. Make it personal. I won't fear because the Lord has formed me. He has called me by name and I am his. He won't care if you do that, if you mix it around and make it personal because he's a personal God. Isaiah 26.3 You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. He keeps our mind at perfect peace whose mind is set upon him. And he never goes away. The Bible says he's a friend that's closer than a brother. Sometimes we have real close relationships, real close friends, people that we just love more than life itself sometimes. Might be our spouse, might be our children, might be a friend. And we just, we just love them with everything that we have. And as much love as we have towards that person and, and, and trust in them, the Bible says that there is someone closer than that. And that's being Jesus Christ. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not for I am with you. Do not be disheartened. Listen to that. Fear not. I am with you. 
sort of a repeat again of some of the scriptures we've been reading. Don't be disheartened. Don't let your heart be troubled, is really what it is saying. For I am your God. How big is your God? How big is your God? You know, when kids are little again, and they're looking at their daddy, and sometimes in the schoolyard it's this, my daddy's bigger than your daddy. <laughs> right? My daddy, he could beat up your daddy. My daddy's big. My daddy's strong. My... They believe. Now, it's like, wait a minute, son, don't be going to get me in trouble because I've seen Johnny's dad and no, you don't say that. But the kids have that attitude. They look up and they see their father as great and mighty and strong. Do you look at the Lord God that way? My father is bigger than your father world. My father is bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. Our God is bigger than anything that we can face. I am your God, he says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen, sometimes God doesn't say, hey, I'm just going to remove that mountain, that problem, that fear out of your life. He says, no, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk with you through those things. That's what I see my God doing. Sometimes I pray, Lord, man, this is an obstacle. Get this obstacle out of my way. Most of the time, the Lord says, no, no, I don't think so. I think you need to learn to trust me, and we're going to walk through this thing together. And when I get through to the other side, I'm always thankful because God has showed me so many lessons. He has taught me so many things about myself, about others, about just life in general. But he says, I'm your God. And he says, I will strengthen you. I will give you the strength. Listen to what he's saying. He's changing us. And that's what a good heart doctor does is he gets our heart stronger. He gets healing that takes place. He says, I will give you the strength. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Again, the little child walking uh, with his father or his grandpa through the river. I'll be with you. Don't worry, kids. Nothing's going to happen to you because Papa's here. God tells us that very same thing. I am with you. In Psalms 56, just to give you a little bit of background on that as we close, David was seized by the Philistines, taken captive by all that, and he starts to become afraid. And if you read through that, before and after, you'll see sort of the, a transition of what can happen in people's lives. But he was seized and he became, started to become afraid. But it says instead of him really um, giving into that fear, he sets his vision on the Lord. We sing a song sometimes, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will go strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. David, instead of giving into the fear, sets his vision on the Lord and Savior in the midst. And he finds those words, fear not. He puts his trust in the Lord. When I am afraid, I will trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? 
Can you imagine being in war, being overtaken, what seems like you're going to be overtaken? Captive, things look hopeless, things look dim, they look dire. Worst case scenario, we're all going to die. But he had that renewing of his mind that's talked about in Romans 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he turned his eyes upon the Lord. And he says, you know what? Lord, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. But he says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And when I'm afraid, I'm going to praise your word. And when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And my fears will be removed. Because what can mortal man do to me? Paul would say this way, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. For the believer, we know those things. These things we go through are just sometimes temporary. Psalms 34, our last verse. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. I pray that that's your prayer today. That you seek him. I pray as you're sitting here today that you know Jesus as as personal Lord and Savior. That you trust in him. That you know that he is who he says he is. And and I pray that you begin to walk in his ways. That you really seek him when you're, you're going through the struggle that you're going through in your life. That you seek him. That's what he's saying here. I sought the Lord and guess what? He heard me. Because our Father hears all of our petitions, all of our cries, all of our our prayers. And he didn't just hear me, but he delivered me from my fears. That needs to be our prayer. So let's ask God today as we close to show us what we are afraid of in our life. We've prayed for the beginning of a healing of a broken heart, some of the the brokenness that we've gone through, some of the pain and suffering that we've gone through. Maybe we're at that stage where we're we're facing fear in our life. And and these are progressions. As we go through these things, uh, I want you to understand that this is sort of how it starts and how it can get worse and worse. And you find yourself in this, this chain of events that is happening. But let's ask him to really show us what we're afraid of. Sometimes we're not even sure what we're afraid of. We just have a spirit of fear. There's people that are just afraid of everything. They just always are afraid of something. But what's paralyzing your faith? What's keeping you from living confidently for the Lord in His peace and in His freedom? that he's really given us. What is that fear in your life? And when he gives that to you, then let's walk courageously through those fears with him. Holding on to his hand. Remember the woman that wanted to be healed from the issue of blood? If I could just touch his hem. She pushed her way through the crowd just to, just to touch the hem of his robe. He just tells us, take his hand and walk with him. So let's take a hold of his hand. And let's follow where he's going. Let's trust him that he will protect and preserve us and, and lead us into all things. Let's pray.
Father, we know that you will be with us every step of the way. We know, even as that poem of uh, footprints in the sand, that uh, we sometimes ask as we look back and we see one set of tracks, Lord, where were you? How come you weren't there? And he says, that's not when I wasn't there. Those are the times that I carried you. Lord, we know that you said in your promises that you will never leave us nor forsake us as your children. You are always there. We just need to call out and turn. Sometimes we need to repent of the things in our life. Sometimes we just need to trust more. Sometimes we need to pray for increased faith. But Lord, you are always there. So we know that you are with us every step of the way. And we just pray today that we would call out to you, Lord, and ask you to help us walk through our fears. Lord, give us the power to face them instead of being paralyzed by them. Help us to stop looking at a worst case scenario and let's look at the best case scenario. Let's not just see how wrong things are, but how right things can be. Lord, we want to take your hand and we want to trust your heart with all that is within us. I really believe that that's the prayer of a believer. That we do want to trust in you with everything that we have. That we do want to walk with you. And we want this faith. And sometimes we just find ourselves short. And when we find ourselves short in those areas, help us to cry out all the more and say, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, give me the strength. Lord, give me the love to to deal with this situation. Lord, give me grace in the things that I say. Lord, show me mercy that I may extend it to others. But Lord, we ask for your courage today to take the first step. That first step in giving it all to you. Because after all, Lord, you know us by name and we are yours. We just ask this now in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.